I'm glad to see you here this morning. This is not Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit standing behind me, nor is it the Matrix. It is, um, this is just one of those, one of those Sundays in between, you know, after Christmas, before New Year's, we're sort of thinking, what's going to happen next year? What just happened this year? All that stuff is happening in us. Uh, just a few weeks ago, Pastor Clark and Noah Bowman went to China and back in a matter of just a few days. They did. I think they took like a day and a half to get there, or two days, a day and a half to get there, stayed two days, took a day and a half to get back. It was like, whoa. I started thinking about our ancestors that came over on the Mayflower and about how it took over a month for them. They all got sick and half of them died on the boat. And there I thought about Clark and Noah just sort of, you know, having a couple of meals, sitting there, you know, drinking their ginger ale and going on over to China and seeing the Great Wall and preparing a missions trip for us and then flying right on back. And I thought, wow, how in the world have we progressed so far just, just, in, just in a few hundred years from going just from Europe to America, takes a month and half the people die and they just sort of hop on the plane, go over there and come back. How did that happen? How did it happen? It's because of knowledge. It's because what, what man did is he learned what God already had put in place, things like laws of physics and gravity and how huge metal things can fly and stuff like that. All man did was man just figured out what God already knew. His birds have been flying for years. You know, God created that. Uh, one guy said it, it doesn't take a bird brain to fly. Uh, anyway, that was not even funny. I mean, think about it, electricity, computing, uh, any kind of breakthrough that we see that's like great scientific, really all it is is that somebody discovered something God had put into place a long, long time ago. Although we've made a lot of discoveries that have changed the way we live and the way we travel and everything else, it seems like we know less about ourselves than any other generation has ever known. We know more stuff but we know less about ourselves. Uh, In the scripture we read in the book of Daniel in chapter 12, one of the things Daniel was talking about, he was was talking about prophecies. And Daniel said, when is all this going to happen? When is the end going to be here? And and the angel said back to him, just shut up. (laughs) Seal the words of the book. They won't understand that until until the last days. And it said, for then knowledge will be increased. Many will go different directions and knowledge will be increased. Well, that's true. Since the time of Daniel, there's been a lot of knowledge has been increased in people's minds. But I read in Timothy where it says people were ever learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Sometimes the things we learn and we cram in our brain are not necessarily things that tell us about us, our relationship with God. You see, there's a whole world that most people are completely ignorant of. And it's the world you cannot see. You cannot see with your eyes, you cannot hear with your ears, you cannot touch with your physical hands. There's a whole world out there. In fact, part of who we are is unseen. So what I want to do today, I want to talk a little bit about about who we are in Christ. Who we are. We are not just, I'm not just Mark Sims, I was born in 1956, Uh, I was real fat when I was born. Uh, I'm returning to that. 
uh, I, 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 you know, I was born then. I had, I had parents, grew up in, in the South, did this, that, and the other, went to school, uh, got married, had children, have grandchildren. One day there'll be a grave with my tombstone, uh, a tombstone with my name on it, and that's the end. Well, I'm not just that person. I'm a whole lot more than that person. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The Bible tells us that we were all born into this world, and we were given this ability to come to know Jesus as our Savior. We were all given the ability to come to God. And God has called us, and we have responded, and we come to Christ. I came to Christ and at an early age. The Bible says that I'm a new person. The Bible says that I, if old things are passed away, all things have become new. But isn't it amazing how even though old things are passed away and all things become new, we sure do deal with some of those old things a lot. Somebody put it like this. Somebody said, um, you're a new creation. Uh, your past, uh, the old man has been defeated, but he sure did leave a body behind. And he did, both a physical one and, and a mental one. Our minds are sort of, our minds are sort of the thing that holds on to all the stuff that we have been and all the past. It goes in our brain, goes into our mind, and it helps to make us who we are. We come to Christ, and we're brand new, but there's so much that's still in there and programmed like a computer in our brain. And sometimes the process of learning to walk with Jesus has to do with us learning to change our mind. Literally, to change our mind to decide, I'm going to serve Christ. So what I want to do, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about it, and I've, I've got these three uh, wonderful fellows back here. Um, we're going to let this guy, we're going to let him be body, okay? He's your body. That's what he is. The middle guy over here, we're going to call him soul. He's my soul brother. And over here, we're going to call this one spirit, all right? Now, what I want to do is I want to paint a picture of what each one of these guys represents. And I want to talk about how they relate to one another. Um, I am a spirit being, I have a soul, and I live in a body. That's what I believe. I am a spirit being. You know why? I'm going to last forever. Did you know the only thing that lasts forever are people? <laughs> really, it's true. On this earth, gold will not last forever. Platinum will not last forever. Nothing will last forever except people. We last forever because we are spirit persons. We have a soul and we live in a body. That's the real me. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I want you to read this. This is the big deal. This is the main scripture today. May God himself, the God of peace, which we talked about last week, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now think about that. The, the, uh, the body, soul, and spirit were all mentioned in that scripture. And what it says is we want all of them to be where they ought to be. They ought to be shalom. The things should be as they should be. They all ought to be that way. It's the coming of Jesus. That's what we're going to talk about. We're three parts, sort of like God. The first one is called the body. The Greek word for that is called soma. Soma, body. It has to do with our, our flesh and blood, our bones. 
It's the, it's the part of us that sort of relates to the world out there. I mean, we see it, we hear it, we touch it, we feel it. That's what it is. Uh, it has, it, it's, it's a, a physical thing you can touch. and Actually, it begins to age. And because of the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden, it's dying from the day it's born. That's the truth. Now, what I want to do, I want to just sort of use these little push pins to to talk a little bit about what this includes. Well, we've already said it has to do with your skin and bones, all right? Obviously, that's true. It has to do with, um, you know, that old heart muscle you've got? Not the heart that, like, feels good. I'm talking about the heart muscle, the things going kaboom, kaboom. Muscle, blood, that's part of what's going on in there. And then, of course, we've got brain tissue, nerves, it's amazing how people who don't believe in, in, in God just feel like that's all we are. That's all we are. It's just a bunch of brain tissue, nerves, heart muscle, blood, skin and bones. They, they, they abort those babies thinking that's all they are. Wow, they're missing it, aren't they? It also includes the five senses. You know, whoops, oh, sorry, dude. Oh, right in the gut. The five senses, you know, sight, hearing, smell, taste, touch. I did it. I was worried about that. It's our body that screams to survive. You know, it's the body that wants to survive. Like whenever you're like underwater (laughs) and you feel like you need air, what do you do? Everything about you goes air and you like move mountains to get to the air. Well, not mountains, but move water to get to the air. You see, there's this thing inside of us that says survive. Then, of course, there's the need for food. This is just part of who this guy is. He has to have food. Praise the Lord for that. He has to have clothes. Well, I guess he does. Most places they do. And I'm just going to sum it up by saying this guy, it's, he, 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 has strength, physical strength in his body, strength in him. The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That means your body. Your body needs to love God. Your body loves God. And you know what? Our body can love God not just by like lifting our hands and worshiping God or whatever. We love God by taking care of this body. That's how we love God. Now let's talk about the, uh, the next one. This guy is called the soul. Now, he's a little different. This guy is just really a, a, a mixture of a lot of different stuff. This guy is your mind. Now, I don't mean your brain. Your brain's over here. This is your mind, your thoughts. It is, uh, I guess, what you'd say is your heart. Your heart, you know, that's, the, that's not the thing that, that beats, that's, the, that's your desires on the inside, that thing, you know, you just, man, I love you with all my heart. It's, that's what it is. I know there's some um, uh, tribes in, in different parts. I know there's a tribe in Africa that believes that the liver is the seed of all that, so they love the Lord with all their liver. But that's what that means. It's also the seed of our emotions. I'm just going to, I'm going to put these little fellows up here. You know, it's, it's, it's when you're sad. Man, I'm telling you, that's a, 
That's a stubborn little fella. That'll do. And then, of course, when you're happy, there he is. He's happy to be here. And let me tell you something else it is. This is also your will. And I put an exclamation point because that is exactly how we feel about the will. I want it. It's my desire, my way. So we have a will. And God puts it as a part of this, of this, uh, this man. It's our will. Look at him. He's covered up. There's another one. Personality. Oh, yeah. That's where you get your personality. People don't know you as much by your body over there as they know you by this. It's the truth. That's how they know you. So I'll put him there. All right. Now what about, what about this guy? Well, let's just say this guy is your spirit. I'm just going to say this guy communicates with heaven. All right? That's what he does. He communicates with heaven. He, he is created different from all the other parts of you. Because we all know that kitty cats and puppy dogs, they have bodies and they have nerves and skin and blood and skeletons and, and, and they want food and, and, and they want, they, sometimes they want clothes if they have people who want to put them in clothes, which is weird. And they have strength. And we also know that little puppies and kitty cats, they have thoughts, and they have a mind, they have personality. Some are going, yeah. Personality, they have emotions, they have a will, do they not? But they don't have this. I'm sorry, they don't. As much as you love your doggy, he doesn't have something created by God that makes him human. <laughs> it's not true. This is different. This is when God, when God created this, he said all this was good. He said this is very good. And that's the difference in us and the animal world. I like um, Matthew 10, 28. By the way, did I bring up the, uh, the Greek word psyche? Did I bring that up yet? It means soul. It, it's, it stands for a person's individual life. Psyche sometimes can mean your mind by itself, you, you've heard of a psychiatrist, <laughs> um, psychology. It has to do with that which is, is, is in a person's mind. It's, um, it's that person's individual life. The Bible talks about the soul. It uses the word psyche as being sorrowful or thirsty or grieved and all those kind of things. So we know that even though you can't see it, it's real. Matthew 10, 28. Do not fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul. Fear him who's able to, boy, to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, here's the deal. He wasn't really talking. He wasn't talking about the spirit at that time because you can't destroy a spirit in hell. He was saying, he was saying to people, hey, don't just fear when somebody wants to wipe this away. This actually is going to die. What you need to fear is the one who's able to take this away too, who's able to, to destroy the person that you are. This is who we're known as. Fear that. That's, that's frightening. In Hebrews 4.12, this is what it says. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Look at this. Piercing to the division 
of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. The, the Spirit of God, the Word of God can, can discern between this one and this one and between this one and this one. Joints and marrow. He discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. He's a discerner of the difference in the spirit and the soul. So God is the one that understands this about us. We have a hard time with this. In our very educated world, where they teach evolution, they say, this is what we are. And once this is gone, we do not exist anymore. It's amazing how dumb they are. The Bible says that we are more than that. Now, let me, let me keep going here. The word spirit is the word pneuma. Pneuma really has to do with breath. It has to do with breath. It's the breath of God. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 16. This is amazing to me. God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one goes th knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak in words, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him, and he can't understand them because they're spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now let, me, let me sort of get where I'm going here. The Bible says, if this is the part of us that connects with God... He is saying, who knows all of us better than God? So why in the world do we live our lives according to what the body desires? Why do we live our lives according to that? Uh, he made fun of the Corinthians saying one time, oh, you guys say the food for stomach, stomach for the food. Like life is all about food, which we have felt for the last week. But really, honestly, he said life is more than that. Who understands this? Well, it would be God. And, and who understands the thoughts and intents of the heart? Well, that would be God. No one knows God but God, and no one knows us like the one who created us. That whole thing is saying this. The one who created you placed a spirit inside of you that can communicate with him. Something these things really can't do. But this can. And he says, that's why we need to walk with God. It's because he's given us the mind of Christ. This is the, this is the mind of God. He's given us the mind of Christ. This is the mind of man. And this is a brain. And nothing more. <clears throat> you know, when you, uh, if you were to read Psalm uh, 23, one of the things that we read is he says, the Lord... He restoreth my soul. Remember when he says that? He restores my soul. He restores my soul. Nefesh is the Hebrew word. It means the same thing as psyche. He restores my mind. And the literal word for in Hebrew, the word restore means he turns it back. 
he turns it back from where it wanders. He, he, he's like a shepherd. And you know how a, a sheep may go this way and he takes his staff and he makes the shepherd go the right way? The Lord says that's what he likes to do for our soul. Because this connects with God. But this is bad about wandering away. This one wanders away quickly. And wherever this says to go, this follows. Because it just wants food and water and strength. But this wanders away. And the Bible says the Lord knows how to restore, to turn back my soul. So that David could eventually say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. You know, let's look at a caterpillar for a minute. I don't have a picture of one, but that's cool. A caterpillar. A caterpillar, um, a caterpillar's a caterpillar. It can't fly, even though ultimately it's going to fly. So when you look at a caterpillar, you don't say, wow, look at that caterpillar flying. But ultimately, that caterpillar is going to fly. But it has to go through something called a change. A metamorphosis is what it's called. It has to literally change until it can fly. And it takes a while to get there. You know, really, in a sense, that is sort of what's going on inside of us. God has already given us his spirit. We have an incredible supernatural connection with God. And then God has given us his word. And through his word and through the voice of his spirit, he teaches us how to align all of these things to what God says. And in doing so, it changes us. See, we, like a, a caterpillar was born to fly, we're born to serve God. But it doesn't happen automatically. I wish it did. Whenever we give an altar call and people come and they give their heart to Jesus down here, when they walk out, they walk out and their mind is still thinking a lot of the same stuff it did. It has more to think about now, but it still is in the same place many people can come to this altar and be, and, be, and be saved and Jesus wipe their sins away and they walk out of here and they still have to deal with drug addiction or they still have to deal with, deal with alcoholism or with bitterness and all those things. You know why? Because they are programmed into the brain here. They're part of this and they even become part of this. Oh, wow. They become everything. Sometimes our body even demands those things for drug addiction, alcoholism or whatever. However, the Lord has given us a new life. So what we have to do is we have to let the Lord begin to restore our soul, to turn us back, and to make us, change us into the person God wants us to be. Now, butter, uh, caterpillars are born to be butterflies. Tadpoles are born to be frogs. Tadpoles weren't born to fly. They were born to hop and swim so the Lord says, I have called you to be something. You're, you're being something you're not called to be. What if the tadpole says, I want to fly like the, the caterpillar? Well, it'll never do it. In the art world, there are certain people who are like full-time appraisers. That's what they do. They can look at a painting and say, this is a forgery. This is worthless. This is worth $500. This is worth $5 million. That's a Rembrandt, you know. It's worth $7 million. They are paid really well because they can discern very quickly. They have trained to find out what makes a, a, a painting authentic. What makes it authentic? It, it's amazing. My, my father-in-law, uh, he, and, he and my mother-in-law, they moved into an assisted living center and they sort of um, got rid of the things and the furniture and stuff in their houses. And they gave me this painting. And, I, and I've always thought it was incredible. It's a boat. It's a ship. 
on the sea, but it was painted in like 1865. It's really nice. And it's this guy, that, he bought it for like, I think $1.50 or something like that at a, at a garage sale. It was rolled up and he had it framed. And so we found out it's like a famous painter from Belgium. And it's all framed and it's really beautiful. And so I wanted to get it appraised. And so you can do that online and they just give you an estimate and then they have to come look at it. So they had me get pictures, get a close-up of this. And here I got my iPhone trying to get the close-up of this on the back. They have to, all the signature and all the stuff. And they came back and said, it, it, it appears to be authentic. And in fact, it appears to be a one-of-a-kind, which I'm going, oh, a one-of-a-kind. And then I thought, most paintings are one-of-a-kind. I mean, really. The opposite of a one-of-a-kind is like, a machine stamping them out. So I'm going, okay. So I'm thinking, how much? And so they gave me this preliminary worth, and it just wasn't worth that much. Obviously, he was a famous painter, but boats were not his best thing. I went to that Antiques Roadshow one time. That was so much fun. I had about five things, and I stood in line, and it rained on my things. And all of us, dummies, we just stood in line. We waited. We got in there. I went to the place. And the guy looks and says, oh, yeah, you can buy these all day long. I was devastated. I like to watch that show, though. These people are going, oh, this is worth $200. Oh, wow. And you know they know they're on camera. That's why they're doing that. Because really in their heart they're going, oh, man, 200 bucks. Let me tell you what. An appraiser is able to discern really what something's worth. I want to tell you something. This cannot discern what you're worth. Your brain can't do it. Neither can your mind or your personality or your thoughts or your education or anything else. Let me tell you what can. God is the one that tells you what you're worth. God is the one who appraises your value. And God is the one that tells you what you were born to be and born to do. Isn't it amazing we spend most of our life living according to this, taking care of this, vitamins, you know, health food, sugar a little bit, health food, coffee, health food. Oh, we got to live a long time. And then we, we read every self-help manual we can. We, we are completely a product of all the things around us. We get uh, we, we get involved in all kind of craziness in our, in our lives, whether it be sin or just, and we just fill, our, fill this part of ourselves. And this is over here going, hello, hello, I'm the one that made you. And our spirit begins to starve to death for who God is. And that's why when this is filled and this is filled, it just doesn't satisfy us. Now I want to tell you this. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. That means that is true in us. If you know Jesus, you have the ability to align all of these things up according to what God says. The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and even your strength. You know why? This guy already loves the Lord God. Your spirit, he loves God. He's just down there where nobody can hear him. These are so loud. And what he's saying, what does God say to us? I want you to love the Lord your God with what? All of this and all of this. And then you'll truly be 
the person. You'll be whole. You'll be the person God wants you to be. It's a choice. Let me tell you what it takes. More than anything in the world, if I were to tell you what I think is the most important, the totally most important thing in a Christian's life. All right, here it is. The secret most important thing in your life that you can ever do. I believe this with all my heart. Is to have a really, really, really good ear. Really. You need a good ear. You need a really good ear. Because if you can allow yourself to get to where you hear what he says about you, to you, and everything. If, if you depend on this and you have good antennas to hear what he says. And you listen to the spirit of God it will completely align this and this. It will heal your body. It will heal your mind. It will heal your personality, your spirit, your heart, everything. That's the most important thing. I, I really got to where I like to tell young people this. If, if, you, if you come to discipleship, whether it be, uh, Jeremy, whether it's youth group or whether it's edge or whether it's master's commission or whether it's life groups, life streams, life uh, life currents, whatever it is. You know what you need to get out of it? A good ear. If anything you do in discipleship, if you could just get a good ear to hear what God's Spirit says, He's already in you. He's already speaking to you. In fact, He's speaking all the time to us. The question is, do we hear Him? Because when you hear Him, it changes everything. It changes everything. In the scripture, we hear it like this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they know me. Jesus used that in John 10. My sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and they know me. Isn't that the problem? Isn't that the problem? We're not so accustomed to his voice. We're accustomed to this voice. We're, sometimes we're more accustomed to Siri on our phone than we are the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're more accustomed to those people around us, our, even our, the people you love the most and admire the most. You hear their voices. You know what their voices sound like. The Bible says that my sheep will hear my voice and they'll know me and they'll follow me. I think the reason we have a hard time following is because we don't have a good ear. I want to pray that this year becomes your ear, year of the ear. This is not a new theme. Our theme is breakthrough, but I'm telling you, one of the best breakthroughs you can have is to let this year be the year of the ear. To where you say, God, by the time this year is over, I want to hear you. I want to hear you better. Did not Jesus say, I only do what my Father says? That's what Jesus did. I only do what my father says. I only do what I see or hear what my father's doing. That's what I do. That's the same thing with us because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. He knows you better than anybody. He knows you better than you know you. And if we have a good ear, we will hear. In the book of Revelation, we read this. Let him who has an ear hear 
what the Spirit says to the churches, which is us. A good ear. Uh, several years ago, uh, it's, been, it's been a bunch of them now. I think it's been six or seven. Um, I, had a, um, I had a brain aneurysm. And I'm so thankful it did not burst. It was at the beginning point of that. It was, uh, I, they would call it bleeding out a little bit. And, it, um, and it, was, it was in a bad place in my brain. If it had, it, had it burst, it would have uh, killed me immediately. It's just one of those terrible things that I just wasn't expecting. And it happened right around Scrooge. I remember that. Um, and it's funny, I had a, a person at the bank one day. I'd gone to a bank in Pelham, and I was sitting there doing something. To, this person said, where do you work? I said, Kingwood Church. She said, oh, I went to a play there one time. It was called Scrooge. I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, you know, that guy died that did that. <laughs> I said, what? Yes, said, yeah, he had something happen in his brain. He died. I said, well, I am here to announce to you that he did not die. I am that man. And she said, oh, I want to die. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. But I had a brain aneurysm. <laughs> I just thought I'd tell you that one. And um, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, it, re it really did in a lot of ways change me. But when I, when I was recovering... I obviously had a really vivid dream. It is so vivid, I can still see it right now. Most vivid dream I've ever had. I dreamed that I went down to that gas station down there on the industrial road. It's the BP, was the BP then. And a Hawaiian man shot me with a shotgun. And I felt it, it hit my face. It hurt. I remember, I remember what he looks like. And, uh, Several days, I, I don't really remember much of this, but several days afterwards, I, I told my wife, I said, did they catch the guy that shot me? And she's going, Mark, nobody shot you. You, you just had a, you, you, you had a brain aneurysm that got repaired. And I said, oh, no, uh -uh, I, I know the guy. Don't, don't lie to me. And so Lindsay came in the room, and I said, your mother is hiding this from me. Did they catch the man? And Lindsay looks at me and said, Dad? And then I said, you're all together against me. And Betsy came in, and she's crying because they think, I'm gone now, buddy. I'm, I'm sunk forever. And um, I, I remember the dream. And I, as, as days went on, I, I really thought they were holding against me. I mean, I would look in the mirror and see the staples and the blood and all and go, see? Shrapnel. And they thought, I'm I'm done. And I remember uh, Peggy sitting down and telling me, no, this is what happened. You must have had a dream. And I remember thinking, you know what? She has never lied to me. I don't really know why she would want to lie to me now. Even though I know that Hawaiian guy shot me, I guess I'm going to have to believe what she said. And over a few days, as the morphine wore off, it all became clear to me. And I, I had to choose, listen, I had to choose to believe what my wife told me because I knew her voice. I knew her. I knew her relationship with me. I knew she would not try to do anything to cause deceit toward me. And I chose to believe her. I remember making the choice in my mind. I've got to believe her 
Because I know she's not going to tell me something that's not true. Even though I'm still looking for that Hawaiian guy. (laughs) Folks, that's what it is. When you have a good ear. when, When your senses lie to you. When your feelings lie to you. The Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? When your desires lie to you. When your body lies to you. When any of these things happen, you need the good ear. You need to know what his voice sounds like so you can discern between the soul and the body and the joints and the marrow so you will know what God says. I'm telling you, what you need more than anything in this world is a good ear to God's Spirit. Uh, Musicians, I'm going to ask you to come, or at least one uh, musician come. Come, musician. I'm going to ask you today, if you want to make a commitment to God for this year, to say, God, this year, this year, God, I want you to tune my ear to what you say. I would rather hear from you than anyone. God, I've got things coming up this year that if I make the wrong decision, I'm sunk. God, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. I want your word to guide me. I want your spirit to guide me. God, I want to live for you. I want you to begin to to do the change inside of me that renews my mind. You see, when our mind is renewed, listen, this is a true statement even scientifically. When your mind is renewed, when God gives you the mind and you start thinking what God says, do you know what happens? It doesn't just change the way you think. It literally begins to change the cells in your brain. It literally begins, scientists have proven it, it begins to change those little synapses that used to make us think the same old nasty stuff over and over. Uh, This thing of renewing your mind in Christ is the greatest thing in the world to help you in discipleship. I know young people and young men and women who, one of the best ways they get through the whole uh, issue of pornography and what it did for them is to learn to renew their mind and all of a sudden those same things don't come to their mind anymore. You know why? Because the Lord has changed their mind. They're beginning to hear what he says about them and not what they've programmed into their brain. I'm telling you, it could be the most important of all. I'm going to ask you to stand if you will. I'm just going to say, instead of having the altar workers come, I'm going to say if you, if you would like to say today, God, I want this year, I want starting today, God, I want to hear what you say. Lord, I want... I understand myself better today. God, I want to hear you. I want to hear you. I want to have a good ear of the Spirit to hear you. I just want you to, if if that's what you want today, if that's your desire, I want you to exercise your will, that exclamation point I put there. You exercise it right now. You choose to hear, and you come to the front here, and you say, God, that's what I want in my life this year. I want I'm going to invite you just to step out and come right now. Just come and we're going to have a prayer together. This is what you want more than anything in the world. This is what you want. God, I want to hear what you have to say. God, I want to hear you. I'm tired of doing this by myself. Lord, I want to hear you. Heavenly Father, as the body of Christ, Lord, you've given us your mind. The mind of Christ literally lives in us.
Lord, I'm so sorry that we have squelched it because the, the, the voice of the soul and the body is so loud. But Lord, I pray we'll listen even now to your still small voice. And Lord, inside we will say, Lord, I want discernment of your spirit. I want to hear from you. I want to take the time to find out what it sounds like. God, I want to give you, I want to give you rights to speak to my heart through your word. Lord, I'm going to give you time as I read your word so that you can speak to me through it. Father, I'm going to spend time in prayer so I can learn what you what it feels like, what it knows, what it sounds like to hear from the Spirit. God, this year I've got to have your ear. Lord, tune my ear to hear you, Father. Tune my ear to hear you, Father. I want to walk in wholeness and in complete alignment with who you are. Spirit of God, that's my prayer. That's my prayer. If that's your prayer, just, just whisper, God, that's what I want. God, that's what I want. What is my desire? I want to love you with all of my mind, my heart, my soul, and my strength. our hearts tune our hearts to your signal from your spirit you've given us the mind of Christ now let us walk in complete absolute unity with your will in Jesus name Amen well I want to thank you guys for coming this morning for this rainy